0: all right welcome back to the study of the book of acts we're calling it the acts of the holy spirit Uh, it's launching the church in the first century Uh, a lot of exciting things happening Uh, there's nothing boring about the bible Uh, anybody who says the bible is boring has not read it so thanks for reading it with us and we're gonna try to lead you through a little discussion give you a little background information and uh, Maybe ask some poignant questions that uh, things that God would have us learn and, and start to do in our own lives. So we're in chapter eight today. We see the uh, winds of the opposition to the church beginning to spread the seeds of the gospel in uh, in the Middle East. As a, yeah, this is the church launches. So
1: jump right in. You have yep. anything? No. Uh, maybe just an interesting uh, thing to look for. You'll see as Pastor Mark mentioned. This uh, explosion of the the church that starts to talk about, and this this great growth, but you also see, I guess, two individual examples of people being able to receive who the Lord is. And I like that because it really shows our God on this this large yet personal scale that he wants to be able to reach the masses, but how much every individual truly means to him. You won't find that, I think, scripturally in this lesson that it notes that, but as it reads through, I think you'll find that today, which I know for me, I think that that touches me because it gives me the, uh, the personal connection that I have with God, but also the Inclination and the encouragement that, hey, we need to spread this and grow the, the church as a whole. Yeah, that's good. All right. I was just
0: take, kind of take this bite by bite. Let's do it. Say yeah. A few verses at a time. So, chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of his execution. Stop right there. <laughs> We're yeah. talking about, uh, we just finished last week, the end of chapter 7, of course. Uh, Stephen is martyred. And he's murdered. He's executed uh, for believing in Jesus and for telling other people to believe in Jesus and it says that uh, when they were stoning Stephen uh, the people were laying their coats at the feet Mm -hmm. of uh, Saul who again we'll find out more about him as the story goes on Uh, but he approved of that execution and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. You know what? Those names sound familiar, right? <laughs> yeah. Back in chapter 1, uh, Jesus told them before his ascension, you know, spread my gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Which is funny. I know, so, you're,
1: I know you're a math guy. You know, this is uh, chapter 8, verse 1. It's actually the exact reciprocal, right? Of Chapter the, one, verse eight. Yeah, yeah it exactly. Says, uh, the, the promise is made, and then it just shows up here again, just a random detail means yep. means nothing. But no, I, don't I like know. Those I, things. I like it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: like those things. Good point. Uh, so all the the Christians were being persecuted, so they were fleeing. Uh, yeah. But it does note, except for the apostles, they remained in Jerusalem, head of the church, kind of keeping things running. All right. Next verse. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church. What a word. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women
1: and committed them to prison. I mean, talk about persecution, right? We think, and it is true, there are bad things that we come up against as Christians today that imagine this uh this scene that is that is there, you know, these people, they're being taken out of their houses. You know, we complain about uh, different things that we miss in freedoms. And, you know, uh, for us in the United States, there's probably things that we have that are, are a lot better off than in other parts of the world that we may not see that these things, unfortunately, do continue to happen in some regions. And this isn't something new either. I mean, this was happening at the very early stages of the church, I mean, just put yourself in those shoes and imagine what that must have been like. You know, you're not you're not afraid just to speak your faith in public. You're afraid in your own home of what this may mean that you may be dragged out of there and actually condemned to prison. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, tough tough times. Yeah, and we'll see. I think
0: through Acts and throughout history that the the church explodes. And growth during persecutions. Yeah, and we, I, when it's easy to be a Christian, why bother? You know, most of the society on the outside looks at it and says, "Well, what good does that
1: do? Uh, my life is fine. What do I need?" Great point, Pastor Mark. I mean, you have to you have to pause here and and think about that. Right, The the church starts to expand in these areas that uh, were, if you will, prophesied that they will are are going to expand to because of a situation that the church never saw coming. Uh, because of a situation that they wouldn't have put into place. I and mean, think about it, everything's would going have, great. Would have, would have never wished for it. No! No! <laughs> Everything is going great! You know, we're baptizing this many people, this many people Thousands are accepting are to- the faith, and then okay. all of a sudden, this comes about. Dragged but, out of their houses. Yeah! And they never would have saw it. But this is the time the Lord uses And How many times do we see that over and over again within... God's church. And I even think for all of us today, like, isn't this something for us to look at? And as painful as a time that it is that we are in right now, whether it's because of unknowing, uh, not having the knowledge of what is coming in our future, of being contained in our homes, of seeing levels of sickness growing amongst our community to know that the Lord is always in control and often I mean these aren't things that are wished upon his people these are situations that occur because sin is alive and well within this world but God even takes these moments and maybe especially these times to say you know sin you're going to you're going to do this I'm going to do this you know I'm I'm going to take that can use it as an opportunity to reach out to those people who are hurting that need me and to be able to share the gospel even further Uh, so maybe just again a piece of comfort for us now in the the small pandemic that we face compared to the early church yeah that's great i appreciate you sharing that that's good
0: now uh we went on verse four uh so now those who were scattered went about preaching the word I want to read pretty straight. Yeah. Or we're just being able to show the, the power of the Lord again. Yeah. and Just again, that scattering, you know, what the devil wanted to use persecution to crush the church. Uh, God used it to spread the church yeah. and expand the, the gospel. So why do you to take the next one?
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe a story you've heard before, or maybe not. It almost... Uh, is something that I always thought this would be an interesting one to have on a flannel graph for kids. I don't think that this would be something they'd be interested in. It's literally entitled uh, Simon the Magician, about somebody who truly is this magician that has, doesn't describe maybe in detail the powers that he has. I know some versions describe it as these great powers that he has, but this magician that, that lives about. And this is not. Simon Peter. This is a different man. man, Good clarification. Yeah. For some people. Good clarification. Simon, another guy named Simon. All right, verse 9 says uh, But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time, He had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized, both men and women, even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs uh, and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, They sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of inquiry. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you said may come upon me. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritan.
0: There's the first individual uh, example that you spoke yeah. of and how he came to, to faith and really from... Uh, Oh, it's
1: bizarre uh, life. I mean, just a it's different. How you know, kind of unique, right? Yeah, it's different. Have, uh, all examples that could have been selected. This is you know, taken and placed right mm-hmm. in the middle of the Book of Acts. Here, mm-hmm. there's uh, a couple of things. Uh,
0: I don't know theologically that, that kind of pop out to me. And verse sixteen, it says the Holy Spirit had not fallen on any of them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we know in First Corinthians twelve three that no one can say. Jesus is Lord, except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we know here, I think it's verse 12, it said that they did believe. So they did believe Jesus is Lord. So the Holy Spirit was at work. You know, when Philip, we know the means of grace, right? When Philip proclaimed the gospel, when he told them what Jesus had done, who he was and what he did, the Holy Spirit works through those means and gives the gift of faith. Yeah. Or strengthen faith, like word and sacrament here. So... I think what Luke is telling us here is that uh, they haven't, these Samaritans had not yet shown kind of the visible signs mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit like on Pentecost. And that's what they were praying for because uh, they wanted the, the new Christians in Jerusalem, the Jewish Christians, to see that the Samaritan Christians were of the same spirit, believed in the same Jesus, worshiped the same God. Now, mm. uh, that's kind of a, and, and it goes on, right? It, when we get to Cornelius, the Gentile, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. They want to see this, these signs, outward visible signs of the Spirit, to say, oh, wow, even Gentiles can be a part of this uh, faith.
1: Yeah, maybe even just from like a practical stance, not the, not the equivalent to, but I would even say, I don't know about for you, Pastor Mark, but for me, I, I wouldn't say the Holy Spirit is not, in me, that that I have the the Holy Spirit, like in my daily life, that that is something that is a part that God has gifted unto me. But I will say, for me as an individual, and for me, uh, probably at least on a pastoral level, I think when I'm preaching, it may may sound weird. I feel totally different. I really do. When I have the opportunity to be able to share the Word of God, I cannot tell you how Energetic and different. I feel. I actually have, you know, you always say these inside moments behind the <laughs> focus, behind the you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, I have these moments where I actually—it's like I'm having a conversation in my mind while I'm preaching. That where I feel like it is, the, the, it is truly the the Lord is speaking to the people who are there and to me at the exact same time but using me to be able to expel that spirit uh, upon people, uh, and it's, it's almost, I don't want to say, an out-of-body experience by any means, but it's it's different, and, you know, I think that might be something that's, that's here, too. I don't know if you ever feel like that. <laughs> I've, never, I've never asked you or anything, but no, it, it's a special it's, moment, you know? Right, and it's, it's not the same, but I, I kind of compare it
0: to, like, an athlete who— has like a really good game or something, they're like, I was in the zone. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like that, that I would say, also, yeah, preaching, where honestly, uh, afterwards, somebody will say, oh, I'm sorry I had to get up and go to the restroom. Oh, I'm sorry my baby was crying or something. I'm like, I literally did not notice. I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. I was just in the zone, if you will. I I was just, like you said, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I do, you know, you do notice these things, thoughts and, or conversations whatever going on while you're delivering the message and I'll also say I'm I'm more energetic I feel more of the spirit
1: uh, when there's actually people yes, in the Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I knew <laughs> as opposed to what that. we've been the it last is, few months. It's super true. Actually, I think it's even different when the two of us sit together. Yeah. Just the two of us being together like this, I see when I, when I watch our messages online or something like that, uh, because there actually is that relationship. And that's something for us to remember as we cruise through this book together, and as we look to get where the next place is for our congregation. You know, the Lord really meant for us to be in relationships. With one another and this is great to be able to do this now Uh, at the same time it is wonderful for us to be had have connection uh, with people around us right maybe just a couple different side notes there yeah well and so another background here on the Samaritans
0: and the Jews you know if you remember the Jesus's parable of the good Samaritan you know the, the great scandal of his parable is that you know Jews wouldn't stop to help their own Jewish friend but the Samaritan, and the Samaritan is just a mortal enemy, an arch rival yeah. with the Jews. The Samaritans and the Jews just hated each other and really treated each other pretty poorly. And so here, not only is the gospel coming, but this whole idea of the laying on of hands, mm-hmm. this idea of, of physical, con- you know, touching, mm-hmm. like we would mm-hmm. hand, you know, shake hands today. Yep. Not, yeah. not in public, of course. Yeah. <laughs> when we get arrested, but... Um, but the whole idea of contact and this kind of this oneness, this fellowship, the relationships, like you're saying,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, this was a huge, this was just a cataclysmic shift for Jewish readers, uh, believers, you know, in the first century uh, to see a, another race, old uh, like, well, cousins really, but uh, people that they just despised. Yeah, half-breeds almost that they would yep. call each other. Yep. Uh, coming together now in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. becoming one in Christ. That, that's... That's pretty good. And then uh, the last point, unless you got some of the, the sandwich in here. No. Uh, uh, what what is this great? What is this great sin that the Simon magician did? Where uh, he offered to, yeah. hey hey, let me give you some silver so I can have this power of the Holy Spirit. To and and it, it almost seems like it's kind of a like, he kind of wants it for a good reason.
1: I mean, I, maybe
0: I, it's also to
1: I feel the puff same, himself up. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm not, I'm not there. You're not there. The disciples after, obviously, get after him for a reason, right? There's, there's some type of uh, motivation there that seems, just like they say, right? That he thinks that he can buy this great gift, and they've been, I mean, they've been harping so hard on this being this free gift from God, right? Uh, this is, this is something that. Uh, Paul champions over and over again in the letters to the churches that this isn't something. Uh, Same thing on that same side of the coin, you know, he does see that this is wrong too, right? And you know in verse, what is it, 24? Uh, Yeah, Uh, pray for me. Yeah, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. And all of a sudden it's like, what is the conclusion? What happens here? Now they had testified to this and and then it just kind of ends there. So. Well, I I would
0: say the good news is uh, like uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. He doesn't drop dead. No, like, no. Like no. yeah. he,
1: he, inter- he he says, please intercede for me. He recognizes immediately that there is something wrong, and I don't even think he. It doesn't seem like he's just worried, but he does recognize that there is something uh, incorrect motivation that is there, and so maybe this is a teaching moment both for Simon and for the people that are around. Yeah,
0: I think you're right on theologically. I think obviously if you. If you try to pay for a gift, then you obviously don't believe it's actually a gift. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was probably the big
1: error that he made. But, and, and he wants it for a different reason. I it like it's he like wants it soul. for a reason too. I mean, think about his background. He's a magician, right? And that's part of what draws him, I think, to this in the first place because he sees these guys doing these amazing miracles. He's like, wow, look at that great power. Now, God uses that, I think, in that transition. To actually change his heart which is a great thing for us to think about uh what are elements that we have that we have in common with people around us to be able to engage them to be able to hear about the word of the lord but you know he gets to that point where he's like you know he, he sees this and he says uh i brought you this money so that i could obtain this gift from god is what he what he really wants he wants to be able to have this great power so he can lay his hands on and give people the Holy Spirit. But he's thinking really selfishly about it, right? I want to be able to do this cool trick that you guys can do. And so maybe that's part of the motivation of why the apostles really get after him. But again, as soon as they point this out to him, he he doesn't backtrack or have an excuse. He really does repent of it. And so, you know, good for him. I, I wouldn't say that I've been perfect and always recognizing this free gift from God. I talk and preach about that all the time. I've never tried to buy this gift. It's not like I am not a sinner that, that needs this, or it's not like I haven't thought, hey, God, I have a better idea for you today. Let me let me share this gift with you. And you know what? It, it, it takes a big man, I would say, in this context, a big person to be able to say, you know what? I, I am wrong. You know, pray pray for me. Because it would have been much easier for him to just say, ah, whatever, you know, that,
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we assume uh, he was forgiven because he asked for forgiveness. And he doesn't drop dead. And he doesn't drop dead. Uh, Okay, well, maybe one last kind of application thing. You already told him one. You already told him. One One last. Okay, okay. Right? So imagine uh, you're a mother or a father, or maybe you're a a child, and you are forced to flee the home you've lived in your whole life uh, because of persecution. What might our first reaction be? Yeah. I'm just gonna answer for myself. Maybe be angry at God? That's what mine was, yeah, I, uh, and be at confused. least anger just in general. And then and then, what would make you say, okay, I'm going, You know, we're fleeing to this area, there aren't any Christians here. What would motivate you to say, all right, this God that allowed me to be forced from my home, my neighbors to be persecuted, why would I tell these new people
1: you Know strangers about this God, yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. <laughs> Let me tell you all the bad things that have happened to me and why you should be a part of this, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't
0: obviously uh, everybody's got their own little battles right now, whether it's health or loneliness, um, maybe it's despair. Uh, you watched too Much politics, it's easy to get despair for me. Um, yeah, but that's what we see here is God working through all things for our eternal good, and that's our faith. And we don't always see God's plan working out and if we did, it wouldn't be faith, so. Church is persecuted, yep. but it actually causes it to spread and to uh, grow. So, I'll read the next section if you want. Yep. So, here we get to another individual, an Ethiopian. Now, it says, Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down into uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza. And now, this is a desert place. And he arose and went. And there was an Ethiopian a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasures. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and uh, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. And, as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until
1: he came to Caesarea. Um, again, here's the, another individual, right, that the angel of the Lord takes time to stop this one person. Tells Philip, you know, go right here's where he's at, you're going to find this individual. He goes right there, finds this person, uh, he's, he's reading scripture, and I love that. You know, do you understand what you were reading? You know, how can I, unless someone guides me, be invited Philip to come and sit with him? You know, what a great example of us being able to hear that calling of the Holy Spirit and to be able to answer. And uh, maybe you don't hear it as clear as Philip, you know, go from this place to that place, but don't you see this at times as Christians? I know you do, uh, in your heart when you just think, and I... Uh, Maybe this person could use me to pray for them. Maybe I can I could offer that to them. And I know it takes it it takes courage to be able to to do that. But how often are these people out there that maybe do not yet know fully of their Lord and are asking that same question? You know, how can how can I know unless somebody unless somebody guides me in this world? And this doesn't mean you have to have every single answer, sometimes guiding somebody, just sitting with them and, and talking, or even just being able to, to listen to them about the questions that they have in faith. And so, good. An- another challenge for us as Christians, what does this look like in my daily life, to be able to be that individual that is being used by by God, and to be able to know that God's word works great faith in the hearts of his people and truly transforms them in the case of this individual. Yeah,
0: I've been thinking, since you mentioned it earlier, uh, I really love that, uh, just a reminder of how God is uh, working on all these different levels. I mean, he's God, right? he's yeah. omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at the same time. So he's got this master plan for humanity, the universe, and then he's also got these personal relationships with each and every person, and because he is, omnipotent, omnipresent, Mm. Um, he can be talking to Philip saying hey you need to go to the healing at the same time he was probably telling Peter in Jerusalem to do this that or the other and
1: on you know on and on and on and still working faith in the hearts of all these
0: other individuals yeah and so we have this personal relationship with our maker uh, through Jesus Christ and so when I wake up in the morning and I say my prayers. He is listening and speaking and uh, to me personally, individually. And then, but at the same time, if you wake up, well, I'll probably wake up before you do, but yeah, when, when you wake up, if we're praying at the same time, you're having the same personal well, conversation. You have to get up God. earlier because
1: you have more prayers, you have to ask God for forgiveness <laughs> for you. <know>? So. <laughs> yeah. But he he,
0: he hears and, and speaks to us all individually, all at the same time. It's just kind of a cool, it, like,
1: mind-blowing concept it, it, for It's humans, so but, personal. God is so personal, you know, just putting His, his uh, touch upon each and every one of us. It, it truly I'd, is great. Yeah, I did also, uh, thinking about how that
0: kind of nudge from the Holy Spirit to do this, to mm-hmm. say this, to, I don't know, buy a sandwich for somebody, see sitting on the curb, or to just, again, go up to a co-worker and maybe downcast and say, hey, I pray for you, or but to be kind of in tune to that, you know, I kind of think, again, God is this, this omnipresent plan, is spirits out, going out all times, all over the place. I, maybe think of it as kind of a radio station, right? God's mm. word is just kind of broadcasting out. We have to be tuned to the right channel to pick it up. Mm. You know, we can get distracted by so many things or nothing. Uh, uh, just, you know, be, you know, being content sitting around doing nothing. Or, again, all of the media distractions that we have going on. You know, we have to be doing the spiritual disciplines that keep us in tune to God's voice. Uh, Again, I think silence is very important. You know, I talk about that in my daily devotions, Uh, just practicing a minute or two of silence each day. It's amazing how powerful that is. Prayer, reading God's word, hearing his voice in the scriptures opens our ears, uh, again, as we walk around and live out our lives to hearing God's voice, instructing us, nudging us, to mm-hmm. do different things.
1: So tune to the right station. That's a good piece of imagery, I huh? like that, the, the radio, because they're always out there, right? It's always always broadcasting, you know, and just, uh, yeah. are we actually connected, that, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it.
0: Uh, maybe kind of a, another doctrinal uh, note here, it talks about, Philip baptizing yeah. the, the Ethiopian. Uh, it says they went down into the water and they mm-hmm. came back up out of the water. And we don't know if uh, Philip immersed the Ethiopian or if he just poured water over the Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. You know The method is not what matters. It's water and the word. I've heard people say, oh, he went down into the water. So they went under and came up out of it. But it says that they both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and both yeah. walked back up out. Yeah. So unless Philip immersed himself also, it's yeah. probably unlikely. No, just there's not, not clarification like this yeah. is there. Yeah, yeah there's not clarification. Yeah, I'm just saying you can't yeah, you cannot put that meaning onto that
1: phrase. Like you said, this isn't even an argument to have, right? It doesn't it doesn't matter the the mode of this baptism, it's just that, you know, the significance is that it's happening. There's the the water there's the word and and that's it those those are the elements that are need be and this individual receives the gift i mean that's what we need to pull out of this not having some uh semantics argument back and forth as to if this is saying what form of baptism we actually need to have or or not yeah were you sprinkled or were you immersed how were you baptized Uh, sprinkled i was actually fully immersed when uh i was baptized along with my brothers on the exact same day we uh, were at a church that actually had kind of a font monocle- of It was like a, a an Orthodox church, and um, yeah, actually fully immersed. So at least I know I'm covered, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's all. It doesn't matter. It could be it, the simplest thing. And look how this happens, right? They're just going along the road, and he's like, "Here is some water." So he, he knows, right? This, this, is, this is all we need. We got the Word. All we need is some water. Here it is. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Well,
0: and so it also kind of answers the question, you know, what was Philip teaching him? Yeah. Uh, Great point. He doesn't go into the whole, you know, lecture that he gave. Uh, it wasn't a lecture, but um, obviously the eunuch uh, understood from all of this that God's grace can be given through baptism. And he was like, oh, there's some water.
1: Well, yeah. Let's get me baptized. Let's get this done. Yeah, I mean, he talked about that, you know, Philip uh, was telling him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, so time has passed here, right? This isn't just like two seconds <laughs> of, he says, oh, you know, let me show you about this real quick. All right, here's some water. Let's get back. Who knows how much time went by, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I'll say, I just saw uh, I saw on social media, mm-hmm. someone talking about their child, <clears throat> uh, well, had just gotten baptized in, in the backyard or swimming pool. And one of the comments was that the parent day was uh, this this child of theirs. They had been asking to be baptized for several years now, and now what a great celebration it was! And I so I loved it. Yeah, I sure, celebrated sure. it. But in the somewhere in my heart, it ached that this child had asked about getting baptized for several years. Yeah, yeah, and they. Put it off, this great gift. Got to you, remember, that's you can't what it is, buy right? this gift. No, that's,
1: that's a great comparison a to our text for today. Gift. This great gift that God has given to us. And God has decided this. Not we as a, a people. Not we as a, a Lutheran church or any church denomination. But God gives this gift to his people. And it's not about us making a decision for him. It's about the decision that he has made for us. Get that free gift through your mind, you know. If, if nothing else wins you over on the uh, discussion of baptism, let that be it. This is a gift from God. I hope that we can all agree on that. And so, why wouldn't we accept it on on His terms, not on on ours? Of when I am exactly ready. I do think it is important for people to to know, especially adults, of what they are receiving in this gift. But baptism in Scripture is something that comes with very little stipulation of who you need to be, of what you need to be. Uh, it is a gift, again, that is for for all people. So let's share that freely. Interesting to know what happens after the after the baptism, right? Uh, <laughs> and when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on rejoicing. I mean, what, what was that? element like too yeah. so again they come up out of the water i assume you know from this it wasn't that they came up out of the water and the eunuch looks around and philip's just gone because you would have thought oh man this guy drowned that's <laughs> it's not what happens it says he goes on rejoicing so maybe as they're coming up maybe he actually sees whatever this transformation or transportation <laughs> Trans- looks looks like i mean this is the, the lord uh giving Star Trek its idea for the tractor beam, right? Yeah, Yeah. zip, he was gone. I even looked on the map,
0: I was trying to find Estos to try to give you an idea how far away it was, I don't know. uh, Gaza, of course, is near Jerusalem, but uh, Mm. I'm not sure how far this went. But uh, we know the church at this time is in Judea and Samaria, spreading the word.
1: So we know it's somewhere in that neighborhood. I thought I saw one thing. Sorry, I know we're stalling here on the Bible study. I thought I saw one thing about the city, and oh, now I can't. Um, okay. God. Yeah. Well, so, so one of the five it. Philistine cities, um, here we go. Oh, okay. it was about 19 miles from Gaza and 60 miles from Caesarea. So because he was traveling, he said, uh, the, Luke tells us he traveled on from there
0: up to Caesarea. Yes. So, so he had jumped light speed about 12 miles. And yeah. And then, then he walked the other 60.
1: And <laughs> hey God, Thanks, God. You, <laughs> I appreciate that boost. Interesting though, so why did the Lord do that? You know, he could have had him walk. He could have had him walk, but for some reason, maybe time-wise, this is what he felt was was best. This wasn't some miracle in front of millions of people, you know. Right. The eunuch sees this happen, and uh, I don't know. This is declared in the in the word, but interesting that maybe in God's timing, this is where Philip needs to be in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lots lots in there for today. Again, thinking about that that uh, maybe. Uh, micro scale of God coming to us and also the macro scale of God coming to us and using us both as individuals and as a church. Also thinking about this concept of persecution right of him growing his church in the good times uh, when there's joy and in the bad times. Really when even persecution. Yeah. And then one last take home. You said that three times now. If you're at home with us, maybe we can put it up on the screen. This is the last thing. We're <laughs> okay. wrapping it up. I'll ask you what. So Philip
0: is urged by the Spirit, go evangelize. Yes. Now if the Spirit doesn't tell him what to say, how to act, or whatever. He just says, "I want you to go over to the chariot." Now, but what is Philip? What are the first words out of Philip's mouth? What is he, What type of sentence does he say? Well it's a question, I guess, right? And, yeah, yeah, he asks a question. He doesn't walk up and say, Hey, I'm a new Christian. Let me tell you about something. Yeah, yeah. He walks up. Asking a question, starting a conversation with a question mm-hmm. is like the best thing. You see somebody at the coffee shop reading an interesting book, I see it all the time. I don't walk over and hey, you know, I'm a pastor, I can tell you about uh, you know, why you know said God is dead or uh whatever the deal see the title yeah. of the book. Just yeah. walk up and just walk up, hey, what are you reading? That looks really
1: interesting. Yeah. Tell me about it. Engagement. Let them tell. And you can learn a lot. How funny is it, too, that you see, I shouldn't say funny, it, it's maybe important for us to look at uh, isn't this a method that Christ used over and over again to even uh, uh, how do you want to phrase this? Uh, and being able to de-escalate certain situations, even when the Pharisees come after him or people challenge him, often he asks this question back them right instead of being this uh, aggressor or responding well let me tell you what well, you know kind I ask this question back and it really is a good technique that is a, a soft and welcoming approach to most individuals out there not questioning them in a, in a weird way or yeah. coming down upon not a question of accusation but a question of interest I think that's a great point Pastor mark that you make. Uh, both for us to be able to think about today, too. How can we engage people around us?
0: Yeah, we all have common interests, same fears, same desires in life. Mm -hmm. And that's a a perfect meeting point to talk about how our faith, how Jesus meets our needs, gives us our desires, the desires of our heart, uh, comforts us in our fears, protects us from harm, uh, compared to people outside of of the church, outside of the faith. Yeah. Uh, that have the same again, pure desire we can show hey this is how God meets, meets my needs so I encourage you to do that. try that try that this week uh, see somebody uh, if you feel the spirit urging you you got the radio station tuned and you hear God urging you to just walk up just ask a question let them talk learn
1: more about it and in the same uh, vein as that being able to, to pray for maybe boldness or strength if you don't have that all of us have different personalities. God has gifted all of us with very different talents, and some of us may feel more um, prepared or comfortable in being able to do that. And many of us, most of us, I will, I'm comfortable with saying, do not have approaching somebody like that. And so put that in your prayers this week. You know, tonight, tomorrow morning, as Pastor Mark mentioned, take a moment and just pray, Lord. You know, give me that strength. Give me your spirit that you will do this through me, make me bold because of what you've done for me. And that's a, a great piece to be able to add to that, those opportunities are out there as Pastor Mark said. Very good. All right. Is that go. really your last thing? I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> Do you have one more? No, no. I'm, right. I'm ready to pray for us. All right. Let's pray. I'm, gonna, I'm
0: going to physically and digitally uh, lay, out, lay my hands on you. All right. All right and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good days in our lives. Uh, we also thank you for the hard days. Uh, the good years and the hard years. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings that we get to enjoy uh, day in and day out, uh, and we thankful that uh, you work through uh, trials, health issues, relationships, uh, issue struggles, um, all of the the things that the devil throws at us that try to distract us or to draw us away from you, or to convince us that uh, our identity is not a, a child of God. And, we know it is. Uh, we thank you for that way, those ways that you strengthen our faith and to give us opportunities uh, to share our faith, either uh, passively. It's uh, just a, a great example in our family. So many matriarchs and patriarchs of our families uh, here in our congregation and to their own families. Lord, uh, I just pray you hold them up as a great examples of faith that they are, and that their children and grandchildren would. Uh, recognize uh, your work in their life, your grace and your mercy to them, and would seek uh, to follow in their footsteps uh, and following Jesus's footsteps. Uh, we pray for our church as we get through this uh, pandemic and uh, unrest in our country, uh, bring your healing to our land physically and also uh, morally and spiritually, and help us as your people uh, Help us to know what we can do uh, to help our neighbors uh, of all races uh, to trust in you and you alone uh, for their salvation, for their uh, abundant life here and forever. Uh, For all these things, Lord, uh, we ask for your help in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for
1: jumping in with us today. Remember, uh, Sunday is just around the corner, still in our series At the Movies. We've got another great one coming up uh, this week, so please come and and join us for that. You had to plug your sermon, didn't you? Yeah, Yeah. Another great one. (laughs) It's another great one. It
0: It is. It really is. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon.